Hi there and welcome to the Book Realities Podcast, a series of interviews with independently minded authors where we explore their books, their writing techniques, and what made them become a writer in the first place. I'm your host, Ian Hooper, and as well as being an independent author, I also run the Book Reality Experience. Hi everybody and welcome to the next of our Interviews with Authors series and today we're joined by Anya Nujic, all the way from Paris. Hi Anya. Hello, good Good morning, good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon (laughs) in your case. (laughs) Um, And I believe you're suffering suffering a Parisian heatwave, Anya. Yes, trying not to suffer, trying to enjoy a Parisian heatwave. Um, yeah, which is nice, actually. It's nice to be warm and, yeah, it's all good. Now, everybody's going to be asking, she's from Paris. That does not sound like a French accent. So who are you? Where are you from? And where oh. do you call home? Yes, so where am I from? I always find I'm like originally or the last place I came from, or if I go back, go back. Yes, I was born in Europe in former Yugoslavia or Bosnia nowadays, um, but I grew up in Sydney and yeah, I've lived kind of in Europe and the UK for the last 10 years, pretty much in London and then Berlin and then Paris now with a bit of Sydney. I kind of went back to Sydney for a little while in there and yeah, now I'm here. So when you say Berlin, Paris, London, Sydney, born in Bosnia, how many (laughs) languages can you speak? Yeah, I can speak a few. So my mother tongue is, you know, Serbo-Croatian. All these languages are kind of quite similar. So Bosnian, Serbian, Croatian, and then English, obviously. And then I really persisted with German. I lived in Berlin for four years and I chipped away at it. So I think I can say I speak German now too. Um, French, look, it's coming along slowly. Let's see. Ask me next time and I'll let you know if we can add that one in. For now, it's in petit peu. (laughs) Now, what do you do when you're not writing, when you're over in France and Berlin and London? What's, what, where does Anya come from in career-wise? Yeah, so I um, came from a performing arts background. Um, I went to university for dance and music. And then in London, I mainly worked as a performing artist and a teacher, like a music and dance teacher. And then I went uh, into teaching yoga as well. That was like sort of my side hustle. Um, so like writing is actually really only a recent addition to my tool, my creative toolbox. I mean, professionally, I've been doing it forever just because it's always been something that I've just been really good at and that I really love without, and I say that with no ego, it's just like a fact. Um, but I never really thought to like monetize it until I wrote this book and then it sort of just, yeah. So yeah, when I'm kind of really deep in a writing flow right now, working on my second book, which I'm very excited about. Uh, but when I'm not doing that, I'm just doing many other creative things that inspire me. And yeah. Excellent. Now, I know that you've got a lot of followers on social media, but for anybody that's coming across well, this new, it has just dawned on me. We haven't actually mentioned what type of book you've written. Um, so do you want uh, yeah, to Yeah, I have a copy. Yeah. Here's my yeah. little baby. So this is Love Letters to Places, my first book. I'd say it's, I, I don't really call it a poetry collection. I'd say it's poetic prose, um, a collection of poetic prose and verse. That's sort of like, kind of like poetic memoir in a way of the last 10 years of traveling and just moments and places and people. And yeah, it was released in March this year. And 
and I love it very much. It's my first baby. I'll always love it the most. So, yeah. <laughs> and it did remarkably, from a publishing point of view, it did remarkably well in its first month of release. Now, poetry anthologies can sell a little, and sometimes they can sell a wee bit more than a little, but yours was phenomenally well received when it was first released. Uh, the, the following that you yeah. must have built up on socials must have been hugely satisfying for you. Yeah, I think like I spent not too much time, but I think I built it up a little bit with some like teasers and posts. And so I got like the interest going with just like little tidbits here and there. Um, but yeah, I think it was just the energy that I put into the work when I was making it. It was never about like, well, as all art, you never think you're going to, you know, make money out of it. But I mean, but I think, I don't know, just for me, it was such a pure energy that I put into it creatively. And I think that's readable for people you know energetically so excellent yeah. and there's there's going to be a reading as well on our channel of you yes. reading a couple of selections from it um mm -hmm. but it covers the last 10 years of you globe trotting around the world so it goes from new york to amsterdam to where to thailand where was your favorite place that you wrote about oh my gosh love letters to places <laughs> People always ask me this and I'm like, every day it's a different one. I don't know, because sometimes, um, like I never read the book because as you know, you laughed at me on Instagram about this, but I read it so many times in the last, before it came out, there were so many versions that I just got to a point where I was like, I can't read this anymore and I put it away. So now when I pick it up and I just open to a random page and I'm like, oh, yeah, like I just, uh, and I guess I want this, I want the readers to also have this feeling that they're really taken somewhere and it depends on my mood. It depends on the day. It depends on like, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't so think I have would a it be like set asking favorite. Me, like asking you who your favorite child is. It's not a fair, it's not a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe what my favorite book is. Ah, you right. just can't, um, you know. We may come to that later. We, we may well. Come oh, to gosh. That later. Okay. <laughs> um, so you said you've been writing forever. When did you when did you first think about being a writer as in producing something that you might actually yeah. print yeah so I actually uh when I kind of moved back to Sydney for just a couple of years in between all of this European living I actually was already writing like I was literally writing people's websites for free just because I love writing and I'm so good at it so I was writing content I was writing blogs I was writing for people and then I was like I was like maybe I should like I don't know, maybe I should start charging people for this because I'm doing really good work for people. And then it was actually, um, I don't even know how the initial, I think I always had these like really intense and full on like journal entries and writings over all these books. And and I was actually hiking in Canada in Banff doing like an artist residency in the mountains in 2017. And I, I don't know, I just had like an epiphany, like a ping moment where I was like, it would be a disservice to this writing if it wasn't collated into some sort of book and I think that's the first time I said okay this needs to actually be a book I need to sit down and do it excellent and yeah a few years later here we are <laughs> there it was <laughs> good work. yeah now when you are writing yeah. do you have I mean you said that you were in Canada there but do you have a a writing quirk do you have a place that you have to write in do you have to have a drink that you have to have do you use a quill pen do you have any of these weirdy quirks that you do no, I don't. I really, I, for me, I think it's really important that I catch the moment when I'm inspired. So whatever time of the day it is, wherever I am, I just need to catch a few hours and just sit down. And even if I'm not exactly sure what it is, just to like nut a few things out. 
Um, but no, I'm pretty versatile. I've written stuff at airport because I'm always on the move. So sometimes I'm at an airport, sometimes I'm at my co-working space, sometimes I'm at home, sometimes I'm in a park. So I try to be really, I try not to hang on to things that might dilute my creativity because it's not always possible to be in a perfect environment. So I try to be okay writing on my phone, writing in a book, writing on my laptop, writing wherever. Yeah. So, so when yeah. you're doing that type of thing and you're being inspired by your travels, did you not think about perhaps turning it into a fiction novel or a non-fiction travel guide? Or how did you end up in, and it is a peculiar, uh, I don't mean strange, bad strange. I mean, it's a peculiar yeah. way of poetic prose that you write. You are right. It's not straight out traditional poetry. Um, so yeah. how did you end up on that rather than rhyme or couplet or non-fiction travel guide? Yeah, good question. I think when I first started it, I just didn't know what it was. I was like, what am I trying to say? Like, what, what is my voice? And then I, so I started it with actually a very traditional form of letter writing. Like I was literally writing like, dear London, blah, blah, blah. And then I think I, I think the reason I didn't write fiction, first of all, is because I really hate rules. <laughs> like I just love breaking rules. I'm not like a, you know, like I've, I've done a university degree where I wrote a thesis, so I was taught to write and research properly, but I don't like writing under like strict rules. I like to just be a bit freer. And it just felt, I think it felt like I could have more freedom and more like a sustainable longevity to the process if I let it be a bit free. And of course, actually in the book, there are, you see different forms in different places, like where I, I thought it would benefit the work to pick a certain poetic form and maybe use it a bit more. So I did explore using different things, but I generally tried to stay quite free. Um, I think the reason I didn't turn it into a travel guide was because I wanted it to be, I mean, I feel like it's just been done. So many people do this and there are so many incredible people that do it, but I just wanted a different kind of travel guide. I wanted like a, like a travel guide of feeling, you know, like an intuitive travel guide. That's such so, a good line, a travel yeah. guide of feeling. We should we should put that yeah. on the back hey. cover of the next one, because um, the other thing is that you've used not just words, but you used the visual structure of the pieces as well, didn't yes. you? And it was very specific that we had to be very um, precise in the layout of the words. Yes, that was fun for you, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> the layout. No, I think it's because I come from a dance background. So for me, it was quite choreographic in a way, sometimes the way that the words were on the page. And I've actually had a few people with this feedback who haven't known that. So it's nice that people actually see that or read it energetically. So yeah, something about the actual choreography of the words on the page affects the meaning and the energy for me, which was important. And it certainly yeah. affects the rhythm of the reader. I mean, when I was reading through it, mm -hmm. if you, there's certain poems that make their way across the page and then hop back to the start. And, and yeah. it does, it guides you through. Whereas if that was just laid out in a linear progression, it would become almost, I know it sounds daft to, to talk about words being monotone, but if they were laid out like that, they would be monotone. Whereas with them going across the page and, flying back to the start but it gives them a vibrancy that they wouldn't otherwise have yeah and I also think there's something I read and I cannot remember who said this but when I was sort of um researching and reading I read someone that said like poetry should challenge you like if you're reading poetry and it feels easy to read 
I mean, that's also fine. Easy reading is nice, but it's also nice when poetry challenges you as a reader, like challenges how you read it in your own head, in your body. So I like that. Good work. Yeah. Now, when you're, like, I was going to say when you're not writing, but you're writing at the moment and you're producing a second book. Mm -hmm. So um, Mm -hmm. what's it going to be called? How big is it going to be? What's it all about? When's it going to be finished? (laughs) Yeah. So I, you know, I kind of started the second one when I was doing the first one, when I sort of really got into the flow, it was all just coming. But I thought I knew exactly what the second book was going to be. And it turns out I literally have no idea. It's just like, (laughs) I think I'm exploring. It's, you know, funny you should mention, I'm actually am exploring longer form. So I'm exploring kind of more short story form, let's say. Okay. Um, and I kind of, I guess I want to zoom into the places even more and maybe create some portraits of some people, like some really specific, incredible people I've met. And especially, I feel like the first book, a lot of the places are sort of, let's say, very easy travel, you know, very sort of Europe or America and I think as soon as you go south of the equator it's a different a different thing so spending way more time in Asia and South America and I think yeah I think the people are really like the they are the places you know so I was just gonna say there's no name yet um I think it's just called like working title right now for me (laughs) no title just working title and your other question I'm aiming aiming for 2024 that's sort of my you know Okay. Uh, goal soft goal let's say but we'll see you said there about traveling south of the equator was a bit more not dubious but a, a bit more hard travel than new york or london where if you get into trouble you can just go to an embassy where was your most yeah. maybe not scariest but most challenging place that you've traveled to yeah i think i just have an affinity for making things challenging when they shouldn't be like i love going to really remote beaches when I'm on any kind of island and the amount of times I've ended up in like a random I don't know desert or paddock and I mean even just like in Greece or something you know where there's like no reception there's no cars I don't have a car I've just kind of walked there and been like no I don't know um yeah I actually the recent one I can remember was I went to Corfu for my birthday a couple of years ago and I just ended up walking across the island the whole length because I was just stuck and I was just like well I can either stay here or I can just like walk home. <laughs> um, so things like that are always fun with me. I always end up somewhere like in a jungle or on a beach or in a desert. And yeah. So have you got plans to go traveling until 2024 and add those to the new book? Or have you got most of what you think is going into the book? No, I don't. I don't. I have lots of travel plans. Um, so I still, you know, I still have not been to Africa or South America. So I'm planning, I'm going to Morocco in September, which is like easy Africa. Africa, let's say so I'm doing like a first little <laughs> um, but I really want to explore more of Africa and then I'm planning on going to South America for a few months at the start of next year but I definitely feel like um, yeah I need to be on the road quite a lot I feel like whether the book is actually about travel or not being on the road and being on the move is always inspiring for me and I write a lot when I'm somewhere new or somewhere else so yeah sure. And that kind of leads on to, you've already answered it really, what do you like to do when you're not writing um, travel, obviously? I love to travel, um, but I also love being at home. It's such a paradox in my mind. I love travelling, but I also just love being a homebody, watching films, um, going dancing. Your definition of home (laughs) is probably different to other people's definition. So if I said to you, where is home, Anya, what would you say? Yeah. 
do you know, I'm in a weird transitionary period right now where I'm like, Paris? I don't know. I think for me, I'm trying to really work on uh, cultivating a home within. I think that's important for me because I've always traveled a lot with my work. So like, it's really easy to feel not grounded, you know? So I'm trying to just like find myself wherever I am, you know, find that home within. Nice work. Yeah. Okay. So your first book came out to really good um, critical acclaim. What was the best thing about having had a book published? What's the best feeling or emotion or what was the what was the hallelujah chorus moment when you realized that you were a published writer? Yeah. Um, I think it was just so cathartic, the whole process. Like it honestly felt like it was almost like the death of me in a way, like because I really wanted to finish the book and release it at that point where I switched to my 30s from my 20s and I did and I just felt like, just this like relief and release and like, yeah, it was pretty ecstatic actually. I ended up going to Vietnam to celebrate. (laughs) Like I just really needed to go somewhere. So the book came out. We did the launch online because COVID. And then I sort of just got on a plane and went to Vietnam and I was like, right, now we can start the second one. I just needed something to like shake me out of this like, because it was a sort of long, not long, but it, you know, it's like, six months feels like an eternity when you're sort of in the last stages before the release and then there's the launch and, but it was nice. Uh, Yeah. It was amazing. It was really scary. I remember waking up on the morning of and being like, Oh my God, what have I done? Like, there's no going back now. Like, you know, there's no going back. This is it. Like what my heart is in the world. Now, if you were passing that advice on to other writers, why do you think it's that scary? Is it, is it that you've opened up your heart to, unknown people that are going to read it and comment well yeah I think it's like because it's I mean it's not so like it's not a memoir but I think it's very me so it's like there's no hiding it's like with fiction you can hide a little bit behind characters and their development here it's just like very raw and very um and I think I had a moment where I was like, even though I haven't been specific about people, p- certain people are going to read this and know that I'm talking about them. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I was like, well, it's done now, but it's my experience and it's my perspective. So because when I was writing it, I didn't really think about those other people at all. I was only thinking about my own. So, yeah. but And we were at the tail end. I haven't of- had any letters from lawyers yet. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to so. say you haven't had any complaints yet. Um <laughs> when you were about the launch, it was at the tail end of COVID, so you might not have had a chance yeah. to go out and do as many public readings in bookshops, etc. Um, but you have done yeah. some, yeah? I've done some in Berlin. I'm working on doing a couple in Paris soon, but I love it. It's so different when you sit and read out loud to people who are there looking at you, and it's so nice. You get such different reactions and experiences, and it, like, brings the work to life in a different way every time. So I really love it. I want to get to the people more <laughs> somehow. <laughs> and what's the best feedback yeah. you've had so far, be that online comments or face-to-face? Yeah. Um, gosh. Yeah, there's just been a lot of people saying that they've been very inspired by certain things, which I think is beautiful. You know, I think all of this type of work should serve a purpose of some kind. So if it, like, inspires people to do something that's that's nice I think um yeah I've had a few people say it's just like nothing they've ever read which is nice because I'm like I want to be my own niche you know I don't want to be like anyone else well it certainly wasn't it wasn't like any other poetry book we've ever been sent so that that's definitely unique 
Um, and when yeah. we're talking about inspiring, if another writer came to you, what would be your best advice to them if they're thinking about being a writer? Um, definitely to not listen to anyone telling you what you should do, <laughs> to <laughs> not follow any rules and to just like figure out exactly what you want to do and then actually commit a bit to doing it. I think like something I realized is that so many people say like, oh, I could write a book and blah, like whatever, but actually a huge difference from saying here's an idea to actually the finished product. Like the commitment you need to put into the work is really quite intense. So I would say you can't really be halfway in. You have to fully... You have to really be in there. Fully yeah. commit to it. Fully, fully. Like, I I mean, I probably go a bit on the other side because I remember towards the end, I would just, when we were in our editing period, I was, like, waking up in the middle of night being like, a comma has to go there. We'll <laughs> <laughs> stop it, like, which probably is not so balanced. But, yeah, I think, but actually I think you have to be a bit overrun by it. A little bit manic in the approach, especially at the editing side of life, because it is, it is a, I mean, Hemingway, although he didn't actually say it, he's misquoted as saying, you know, uh, write, drunk, edit, sober, which is a, a great description of, yeah, you, you can put mm -hmm. all your passion into the writing, but the editing is something that's needed, but it's oh, almost, yeah. it's, it's all <laughs> encompassing. I'm just thinking the stress is coming back to me. But it was almost, I think I had to get to, I think I had to get to a point as well. Like editing can really drive you a bit nuts. I had to get to a point where I was like, it's done now. No more, like finished. And I think that was what our 15th, 16th, like, uh, like. Edition version. I was, yeah. like, I was just like, I can't anymore. It's whatever it is now, this is it. The strange thing is that you, within the prose, poetry prose that you were writing, um, so usually if, you write, if you're editing fiction and someone has said, uh, they stepped out and slammed the car door shut, that's fine. But if you read the line and it says they stepped out and slammed the car door open, you go, oh, well, that's a mistake. But in poetic prose, that could actually have been in there for effect. So we had to go through every single line to, to double check the meaning. Is, is this what you meant? And yeah, was, and I guess it's so objective, isn't it? And it's like, yeah. So apologies for coming back to you and asking you silly questions when you were going, is this what you actually meant? Did you mean that? Um, but actually, it's so good to have, you need that because then you're like, wait, is it what I meant? What did I mean? What was I trying to say? Who was I saying it to? That was great. Made me really think, you know. And why did you decide to publish independently? Why not try going down the traditional pathway and keep going down that traditional pathway until Penguin or Hache or someone else in the traditional I mean, mainstream picked you up? I think for me, like the most important thing was like finding a really like aligned creative relationship. And I think I I spoke to a few people, big and small, where I just didn't for me, it's really, I, I was really protective of my work and it was really hard for me to fully let it go. And I feel like when we connected, it felt very much like a collaborative sort of supportive um, kind of thing. And I think that is important that oh. the publisher actually believes in your work and not just sees you as a dollar sign, you know. And um, I think it's always nice to 
start this way and then maybe work your way up to something else because then you kind of already have this foundation, you have your standards, you have your boundaries, and I think perhaps then they won't walk all over you as much maybe. Um, I think that's... Yeah, but it was also... We've always said that if one of our authors, if a, if a big traditional publisher, who obviously, they are the golden ticket, they've got much more resources, they've got a bigger reach. You know, So if a traditional publisher swooped in and said, we absolutely love your writing, Anya, and we'd love you to come and sign with us, we're going to be the first ones that are standing applauding you and patting you on the back as you go. We'd also like and you this to has remember been so us when you, you know, when you get your Oscar <laughs> statue, you know, we'd like you to go, oh, yeah, there was him too. <sighs> but, yes, it is no, important. But it was really important to me that you guys were so supportive and so, like, I felt like you really believed in my work, which was what sold it for me. It was really important to me. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's really nice to know. Yeah. Now, are you up for 15 very quick fire questions then? I'm up for it. Okay. So these are based on, if you've ever watched the actor's studio, Lipton used to ask these oh 15 questions. Um, we've taken some of those. We've also taken some of Stephen Colbert's and we've bunged them together with some of ours. And so here we go. Okay. Nice. Ready? Okay. Ready. What's your favourite book? Oh, my gosh. Um, mine. <laughs> Good answer. Um, what's your least? The dictionary. Book? <laughs> what's your least favorite um, book? I have to say, this is so bad, but for the first time, I'm actually reading "On the Road Again" by Jack Kerouac, and I don't like it. Okay, no, there's no judgment. Um, <laughs> this is creativity, or emotionally, or whatever way you want to take the question. What turns you on? Um. 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 um uh, authenticity and um yeah authenticity yeah leave it at that and um, and conversely what turns you off uh um not being authentic <laughs> the, the direct opposite yeah okay yeah um yeah. summer or winter i like the in-betweens spring and autumn okay on a completely free day to do anything that you want to do, who do you spend it with? Um, by myself. <laughs> okay. Um, mountains or oceans? Oceans. What's your favourite movie of all time? Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's no judgment here at all. Um one song or piece of music to listen to for the rest of your life? Uh, Beethoven Symphony Number no. 5. What makes you, oh, sorry, who makes you laugh the most? Um, my best friends and myself. I make myself laugh. <laughs> Good. What smell do you love? Um, like orange rind in okay. the air. What smell do you hear? <laughs> Citrus rind. Um, uh, freshly mowed grass. You hate freshly mowed grass smell. I know some people love it. I'm not into it. I'm not into it. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, this is going to be a strange question to ask you because you've done so much, but other than what you've done, what profession would you like to do? I would love to be a tennis player, but I can't play tennis at all but I just love it. And what one would you hate to do? 
um, anything to do with like IT or science or maths. <laughs> okay. And if heaven exists, what do you want God to say to you when you get there? Um, you did good. Excellent. You did, did good. good. <laughs> Anya, thanks very much for giving us your time this morning. Parisian Thank time. you. And we'll yeah. see you on the reading that we'll have on the link to the channel as well. Yes. I can't wait. Thank you so much for the chat. Lovely as always. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to this latest episode of Book Realities, our interviews with author series. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and turn your notifications on so that you never miss any content updates from us. If you liked this episode, leave us a rating or a review as it really helps the podcast's visibility, as does passing the pod on to any writers or author friends that you may have who you know will be interested in it. And join our exclusive mailing list at www.bookreality.com. The next episode will be released this time next week, but until then, stay safe and well. All the best.